Right. Jeff, thanks very much indeed. Sadly, we run out of time, but always good to talk to you. That's Jeff Howie, who is market strategist at the SGX in Singapore. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Let's take a final look at the markets for this week. Uh, in Australia, the ASX 200 is up 0.8%. In Japan, stocks there, uh, as measured by the Nikkei 225, have climbed three quarters of a percent. Over in South Korea, the Cosby is up 0.4%. And futures markets indicating a gain of about 0.4% for the Hang Seng in just under an hour's time. In the commodities markets, breakthrough oil is strengthening this morning. It's at $75.75 a barrel. And gold uh, is pretty well unchanged at $1,775 an ounce. That's it for me. Have a great weekend. Do please join me again on Monday morning for Money Talk. Stay tuned for Back Chats with Hugh Chiverton and Danny Gittings right after the news. The weather forecast for today, mainly cloudy with a few showers. Those showers will be more frequent with isolated thunderstorms during the day and the maximum temperature is going to be about 30 degrees. The outlook is for sunny intervals and a few showers in the next couple of days. The temperature right now, 27 degrees, 89% relative humidity. It's 8.31. Here's Samantha Butler with the half-hour news. An infectious disease expert says a high viral load of the Delta COVID variant in sewage in Taipo means there must be a number of sufferers there. Authorities will confirm today if a 27-year-old airport worker in Taipo is the city's first local case of the variant. Joseph Jung welcomed the reimposing of 21 days quarantine on UK arrivals where the Delta variant is prevalent. He said sufferers may not know they have it because of the absence of fever getting fever is much lower than before. The main symptoms for the Delta variant usually includes headache, around 60% cases with severe headache, as well as to have a sore throat and a sneezing running nose, which also account for another 50% to 60%. So somehow people may not able to pick up those symptoms because without any fever at all and not able to appreciate that he or she may somehow already contracted with it's being reported that Hong Kong's number two official, Matthew Zheng, is being allowed to bow out of Carrie Lam's administration by Beijing. The move, which would see the 70-year-old replaced as chief secretary by security chief John Lee, is reportedly being considered by the state council. The reshuffle would see police chief Chris Tang take over as secretary for security, with one of his deputies, Raymond Sue, taking over as police commissioner. It's also being reported that the chief executive, Carrie Lam, and about 60 other senior officials and public figures will travel to Beijing on Monday for the start of celebrations to mark next month's 100th anniversary of the founding of the Chinese Communist Party. President Biden says a deal has been reached with Democrat and Republican senators on rebuilding and modernizing America's aging infrastructure. The bipartisan agreement comes after weeks of tense negotiations and now needs to be sold to Congress. Mr. Biden initially wanted $2 trillion to overhaul and upgrade America's roads, bridges and transport, but he backed a $1.2 trillion package. He said the deal was badly needed. The investments we'll be making as a result of this deal are long overdue. They'll put Americans to work in good-paying jobs, repairing our roads and our bridges. They'll deliver high-speed Internet to every American home, bringing down the price that people pay now for Internet service. And they'll close the American digital divide. A search and rescue operation is continuing in Miami, where a 12-story apartment building collapsed, leaving 99 people unaccounted for. One person is confirmed dead. These witnesses at the scene expressed their shock.
We have friends who have family that live in the building. You know, we don't even know if they're okay. Some of them are okay. We don't know if the rest are okay. We really like. It's just you know, like, it like it. It's very shocking. Like we're shook. We're pretty shook. Literally, the entire half of the building is completely demolished and on the floor and pieces and everything. And I have no words to explain really what's going on in my mind. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Hugh Chiverton, your co-host today. Danny Gittings. Danny, good morning to you. Good morning. Today we're talking about human rights and a new beach built in Taipo. Hong Kong's human rights scores have plummeted since 2019 and the pandemic has made the situation worse, according to the latest report by a Human Rights Index. The Human Rights Measurement Initiative tracks human rights performance in a number of areas, including the right to quality of life, safety from the state and empowerment rights. While the national security law was noted as having a significant impact on human rights, government response to COVID-19 was also taken into account. Meanwhile, the UN rights chief has called for action against the severe cascade of human rights setbacks in our lifetimes. And China has attacked the United States, Australia, Canada and Britain over their records on migrants and refugees, continuing a blistering war words with the West at the UN Human Rights Council this week. Uh, well, we want to hear your thoughts. Do you agree that human rights in Hong Kong are deteriorating? If so, in what ways? And what are the causes? What about human rights around the world? Are we now in a human rights global crisis? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, backchat at rthk.hk, or you can call us and our number is 233-88266. That's 233-88266. And after 9.15, as I say, we're going to be discussing uh, a new beach uh, built in uh, Taipo, uh, Lung Mei, the first man-made beach to be built uh, by the government. Uh, that's just uh, opened. Uh, we'll be uh, discussing that with the district councillor uh, and also a nearby resident, uh, we hope. Um, just before we get into the main topic today, just a, a, a few uh, emails on other topics responding to other, other discussions. Matthew uh, says, relating to yesterday's discussion about the gay games, so to decipher and clarify Nix's response, she doesn't oppose and probably supports the gay games, but she opposes extending basic rights like gay marriage, just like Junius and Holden, very modern. I wonder what her gay flatmate and friend from Australia who suffered from discrimination would think about his old friend perpetuating it. Um, Alonso says the Hong Kong government's decision to tighten quarantine rules for arrivals from the UK makes sense given the spike in Delta variant there. The four imported cases from the UK yesterday highlighted the growing risk from that country. The Euro football competition uh, uh, will almost certainly prove to be a super spreader event and increases the risk that Hong Kong may soon have to add the whole European continent to its very high risk category. That's from uh, Alonso. And uh, Bowen says, uh, in my original message read out by Hugh on Wednesday regarding Martin's previous mischaracterizations of me, I ended up, uh, sorry, I ended by pointing out that the jingoism displayed by Martin and his camp in back chat wasn't true patriotism. That point was omitted by Hugh, maybe because he was running out of time. Amid the current repeated emphasis on the role of Hong Kong by patriots, 
on the rule of Hong Kong by patriots, it's important to know the difference between patriotism and jingoism. While the former covers those who have the country's true interests in mind, the latter blindly pursues self-aggrandizement and the gratification of raw instincts, including those for perceived immediate gains. Deng Xiaoping may or may not have had that distinction in mind when he stated the precept, but we should make the distinction now with wisdom and discernment when trying to apply it to the 21st century and the circumstances in which China's prominence in the world has already become established and miscalculations could bring about an avoidable reversal of fortunes. That's from Bowen. Thanks very much indeed. Our email once again, bankchat at rthk.hk. Our guests in the main section of the discussion this morning, we have Anne-Marie Brooke, who is the co-founder of Human Rights Measurement Initiative, Emily Lau, former Democratic Party lawmaker, and Holok San, senior research fellow at the Pan Sutong Economic Policy Research Institute at Lingnan University. Uh, good morning, uh, Anne-Marie Brooke. Let's, let's go to you first, and we should explain Human Rights uh, Measurement Initiative. Um, they're responsible for this survey on global freedom the one that showed a uh, very uh, striking drop in the, uh, uh, the freedom ratings in several categories, including freedom of assembly and association, opinion, expression, participation in government uh, for Hong Kong and indeed Malaysia as well. Uh, Anne-Marie Brooke, tell us a little bit more about this survey and particularly the uh, methodology behind it. Good morning. Good yeah, morning. Thank you. How, so, Now. <laughs> okay, so the Human Rights Measurement Initiative, we often call it HERMI for short, uh, we are running a global multilingual survey to collect information every year on how countries are respecting human rights as set out in international human rights law. And this is the first time, this year is the first time that Hong Kong has been included in the survey. And as you mentioned in your introduction, there are, we collected information early in 2021 for both 2020, calendar year 2020, and comparing that with 2019. And as you mentioned, the results showed a very significant drop in respect for empowerment rights in Hong Kong between 
So the more that the different survey respondents agree with one another, the narrower the uncertainty band will be around that country's score. If we're getting really diverse range of responses, then that uncertainty band will be wider. And that often, that often happens, for example, in very large countries where um, human rights may be respected at, at different rates in different parts of the country, for example. Now, you're, you're, I'm not sure if you're aware that the Hong Kong government routinely attacks anyone who uh, suggests that human rights are deteriorating in Hong Kong, and it's quite possible that a strongly worded press release is already in the process of being written. And no, no doubt they'll say something like that um, you, you're just basing this on a number of respondents who, um, you, who you're not presumably not prepared to release the names of the respondents, and um, it's basically sort of self-selecting. And also, why, why have you decided to include Hong Kong when you didn't include Hong Kong before? So to answer your last question first, we are aiming to include every country in the world in our survey, um, and we're really just expanding countries, you know, adding new countries every year. But Hong Kong's um, not, so Hong Kong's not a country. So, sorry to interrupt. Country. Hong Kong's not a country. I mean, you don't uh, deal with territories yes. elsewhere in the world. Yeah, I, so I probably should have clarified that I'm using the term country in a very loose sense. Um, so I guess it's in the sense that, you know, if you meet somebody when you're travelling and you say, what country are you from, what's the answer they're likely to give? So we're an independent organisation, we're independent of government, and so we're not, you know, necessarily using the kind of international, you know, political language that would be most, most standard. Um, uh, so the other part of your question was, who are the, you know, kind of getting at who are the survey respondents? And I guess, you know, implicit in your question is, are they biased? Yes. Uh, the people that we're recruiting to be survey respondents in each, you know, country or, you know, region of the world are human rights experts. They need to be independent of government and they need to be uh, people like human rights lawyers, researchers who are working in for a human rights uh, organisation, for example, or they might be journalists who are reporting on human rights type issues. So anyone who's working for the government, you know, politicians and so forth, are not eligible to be uh, survey respondents. We're basically looking for people who are knowledgeable about human rights, who are tracking what's happening in the country, and we're asking them to share their knowledge with us. We do not release the names of the people who are survey respondents uh, because we don't want to put their safety in jeopardy. There's a, a number of countries around the world where it's not safe. Uh, for people to be working on human rights issues, and so we're very conscious of wanting to protect them. Not only do we not release their names, but we also don't know ourselves exactly who the survey respondents are. We have a register of the people who have registered to be survey respondents, and they must give us their consent in order for us to be able to send them the, the survey. Uh, but the survey, we don't have a 100% response rate. And so we don't know, the survey responses themselves are anonymous, so we don't, even I don't know who the survey respondents are for Hong Kong, for example. OK, uh, Emily Lau, good morning to you. Thanks very much indeed for joining us. You used to we used to speak to you regularly when you were sort of routinely reporting to uh, Geneva on a human rights situation uh, in Hong Kong. What do you make of the human rights situation today uh, in in Hong Kong? What do you make of this study? Well, first of all, I welcome uh, any study. I hope it is uh, independent, uh, it's objective and professional. And since Hong Kong is an international city, and the government, as you mentioned earlier, the government loves to uh, 
to recite findings of organizations on our economic rankings and so on. Uh, so I hope they will also uh, not attack uh, research or uh, polling on uh, human rights because that's something that's very dear to the heart of uh, many Hong Kong people, including those from the pro-Beijing camp. And, uh, and I think, uh, as you probably know, many Hong Kong people have said that in the past few years, uh, Hong Kong has more or less changed beyond recognition. And many of the freedoms, uh, civil liberties, uh, personal safety, and the rule of law, which are our core values, have been evaporating very fast. And yesterday, of course, it was very graphic uh, with the closure of the Apple Daily. And they said they printed a million copies. And people were queuing up in many districts to buy the newspapers. And they lament that uh, that may be the end of uh, press freedom and freedom of expression. I certainly hope not. I hope that RTHK and others who still are allowed to exist uh, will continue to do your job. But it is true that people are very worried, particularly those uh, who have been arrested and not given a trial, uh, but are detained, and those, uh, their relatives, their families, they feel very, very bitter and very, very painful. Okay, well, here's a, here's a simple question from uh, Jim H., uh, who says, as a minority minority, he says he's an American of African descent, uh, as a minority minority who has lived under British and PRC occupation, uh, I would like to know in what situation my human rights have been violated. Do tell, please. So, Emily Lau, what, what you know, how, for someone like Jim, uh, I don't know his circumstances, but what uh, can he not do today that he could... Uh, a year ago, except maybe read Apple Daily. Well, I don't know whether he used to express his views freely, uh, whether it's to the media or online, uh, but I guess he probably doesn't know that there are many people who are conducting self-censorship, and uh, very soon we're going to have a book fair, and uh, some of the publishers, they say uh, they will conduct censorship of books and many books would not allow to be displayed. But Sorry, but many, he's still doing. He's still expressing himself. He's still contacting programmes like this, and, and we're still... But that's very good, so, and so, I hope he will continue to so, do it. So how, is his, how have his human rights been altered? What, how have his well, freedoms been changed? If he feels he is at liberty to do everything that he has been doing, then he is very lucky. I'm just telling him that maybe there are people in Hong Kong he has not been in contact with, that there are many, whether it's in journalism, in academia, in the schools, in the artistic field, uh, the professionals, in business community, they dare not say many things. And many told me that people would not talk to them. For people who need to talk to people, to write reports, to do research, they are facing great difficulties. And some university academics even report that their students have been reporting on them, calling up the national security to, to complain about the teachers. So this is the situation facing some Hong Kong people. But for our African friend, if he feels that he is still very free, very good. And I think we should all continue to exercise our freedom instead of hiding under the table or fleeing. 
Have but, it, have but it. I insist, be bold, be careful, and be wise. How about you, Emily Lau? Do you still feel free in Hong Kong? Well, that's why I'm talking to you, my friend. <laughs> so you still do, right? I mean, you yeah. still you, you don't pull your punches. You still post on social media. Yeah, but as I said... And you haven't been arrested? Not yet. But I said, I will be bold, I will be careful, and I will be wise. But that doesn't mean they will not come and knock on my door at 6 a.m. tomorrow. And when they do, I know nobody... Nobody will be able to help me. And then maybe I will be subject to arbitrary arrest, like what they found out in this survey. And I don't know what sort of uh, ill treatment will I get when I'm in detention. So these are the things that we are all very concerned about. And if our friends who feel no fear, good luck. Very good. I tell everybody to continue to exercise our freedom, but do it carefully. All right. Holok Sang, good morning to you. Thanks so much indeed for, for, for joining us. So um, this this uh, this index that we're discussing, I mean, it does uh, cover a lot of issues, things like safety from the state, right to freedom from uh, arbitrary arrest, uh, and so on, uh, the uh, right to assembly and association, opinion uh, and expression, uh, and uh, summarises the situation by saying that the human rights here have plummeted from 2019 to uh, 2020. Your thoughts on that? Well, first of all, I don't think that there is such a thing as arbitrary detention, that sort of thing. Um, if someone is detained, it has to be for some reason, and that reason has to do with, uh, you know, in a, a lot of those cases uh, in which uh, people complain about, it may have to do with national security concerns. And uh, what is really behind it is that uh, um, uh, Beijing and, of course, the SAR government is, is very concerned that uh, Hong Kong, um, the fact that Hong Kong is an um, inalienable um, part of China and uh, it is uh, uh, very important that uh, China's political system and also Hong Kong sovereignty, uh, uh, China's uh, Beijing sovereignty over Hong Kong uh, remains unchallenged. And I think uh, uh, those cases uh, which have to do with national security um, and people are detained, and that is exactly because they challenge the political system on the mainland and also they, they uh, seek secession of Hong Kong from, from, from um, uh, uh, China. And I, think, uh, and I think that is something that uh, um, uh, is what is called color revolution. And I would say that uh, those so-called beneficiaries of the color revolution around the world, they actually are not, not enjoying, you know? you know. They had enjoyed the freedom uh, of uh, color revolution, and then they're uh, uh, moving on to um, so-called democracy. And yet, you know, the economy and also the... Yeah. I, 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 the suffering of lots of people, you know. Can, can it, I make this clear? Are you, say, clear. Are, are you saying that, that, yes, people in Hong Kong uh, do have less freedom, but that's justified because of, because of threats to national security? As long as they do not challenge uh, national security. But you accept, you accept that, that we have been... I think that is all, that, uh, mm. that, that, that's okay. 
But you accept you know, that we have lost freedoms? Particularly freedom of expression. Do, do you accept that freedom of expression is, has freedom been reduced? Freedom of expression has limits. It does. You know, if, are those yeah. limits bigger now than they were a year ago? Because we have things that are illegal in terms of expressing your, your opinion in Hong Kong that were not illegal a year ago. Yes, it's, yes, it's illegal, yes, for yes instance, I, I agree to that. And that is because uh, uh, Beijing has, uh, has deemed it uh, unacceptable that uh, uh, some of those uh, uh, previous uh, uh, um, uh, opinions that challenge uh, uh, Beijing's, uh, you know, uh, one-party system and uh, uh, trying to seek uh, uh, independence of Hong Kong. Uh, all, all of that has consequences, you know, in the form of violence and also um, uh, actually infringement of personal freedoms on some Hong Kong people. You see, some, some Hong Kong people speak their opinions and then they are attacked. You know, and they also have human rights, and they're being abused. You know, these human rights are being abused by, by fellow Hong Kongers who have been sort of brainwashed, you know, by, by, by those uh, um, secessionists. Yeah, uh, and Marie Brooke, I mean, how, how do you deal with that if, if people say that uh, maybe rights have been uh, reduced, but that it's not arbitrary because there is a good reason for that, and the good reason is, is national security and the, the chaos that we saw on the streets in 2019. So while there may be uh, changes to uh, the way we live, there there's a justification. Can you, how does that feed into your report, your study? Yeah, well, a couple of responses mm. to that. So, first of all, we're measuring a country's performance against international, against human rights as set out in international human rights law, which clearly states the sort of things that it's reasonable to arrest someone for and the sort of things that it's not. And so peaceful assembly, you know, expressing opinions and so forth, arrests for those sorts of things are considered, you know, unjustified arrests. Um, but, you know, to come back to the, to the question of the connection with national security, you know, just a couple of hours ago, I was on a call with my Hermie co-founder, who's a professor, political science professor, and the director of the Centre for the Study of Global Issues at University of Georgia, Dr. K. Chad Clay. And I asked him exactly about this question, because I was thinking about this, um, this, this panel. And I asked him, you know, what's the academic evidence around the connections between civic freedoms and national security? Because, you know, everybody wants to be safe, right? Nobody wants to live somewhere where acts of violence or terrorism are taking place. And so essentially, you know, the justification of introducing the national security law in Hong Kong was to be pro-security. And, you know, we all care about security. So I asked him, you know, is, does that make sense? Does it make sense to, you know, repress some rights in order to seek security? And he said a couple of things. You know, first, you know, in the specific case of Hong Kong, there were no actual events of terrorism in the lead-up to the introduction of the NSL. You know, at worst, you could describe what was taking place as riots, and at best, you know, peaceful protests. Well, there were a number of, kind of there were a number of small bombs. But see, we did, we did yes, have... but the, the, most, the, the key point that he was making is that there's a, in the academic literature, there's a really large body of research showing that if a government wants to avoid anti-government action, the best thing that they can do is to make sure everyone has all the things they need, including the freedom to express themselves. So, you know, all these things that people need to live lives of dignity are human rights. So repressing human rights is not a means to suppress 
violence. It's actually more likely to provoke violence than to, to prevent it. Uh, but Emily Lau, uh, we haven't seen violence since 2019, and especially in the, in, in the past year. That's surely, uh, you, you couldn't ask for better proof that the national security law has brought, uh, has cut down violence and has brought peace to the streets. Well, I, I've always opposed violence. I always think that the struggle for human rights and democracy and the rule of law should be conducted in a peaceful and non-violent way. And uh, so I'm not, I'm not saying, oh, it's very bad that we have no more violent uh, protests. No. But uh, does it mean that the people are now feeling very content, uh, very safe, very happy? Of course not. And you can also look at surveys conducted, including those among young people, that they feel they, are, they feel very, some feel very angry, very upset, and uh, they feel very, very dissatisfied, uh, but because partly because of COVID-19, and people are worried about their own health, and uh, also these strict social distancing rules, and also, of course, some people don't want to rush out and be arrested. And, uh, but, but that's no way to run the place. What you should do is to talk to your people, find out their concerns, uh, have dialogue, and make compromises, and then come up with policies which the majority of the people support. So you can really then help to solve the problems. Uh, but, but if you just suppress them, just intimidate them into silence, uh, there's no way to, to govern the place. Okay. Uh, some, uh, thoughts, Absolutely. Some, yeah, okay. Some thoughts from listeners just before we break for, for the news uh, at nine. Uh, Bowen says, I must echo Emily Lau's wise exhortation to everybody to be bold, careful and wise. I would do so by quoting from Matthew 10.16, as first brought back to my attention by Dr. Martin Luther King some 40 years ago. It says, be therefore wise and serpents and harmless as doves. That comes from uh, Bowen. Thanks so much indeed uh, for that uh, lesson. Uh, uh, Mark says, I lost my freedom of expression because if I voiced out my views, I would be attacked. And this was reinforced because there was no condemnation of violence and attacks by the Dems. Will they ever condemn the violence? That's uh, from uh, Mark. We want to hear from you. Drop us a line. Backchat at rthk.hk. Uh, the weather now before the news at nine o'clock. Uh, mainly cloudy with a few showers, some thunderstorms around at first. Temperatures up to about 30 degrees, sunny intervals in the next couple of days. 27 degrees now, humidity is at 88%. Yeah, literally the entire half of the building is completely demolished and on the floor in pieces and everything. And I have no way to explain really what's going on in my mind. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back. Back chat this Friday morning with Danny Gittings and me, Hugh Chiverton. We're talking about human rights uh, in Hong Kong, uh, where we stand now. Later, we're going to be talking about that new beach, a man-made beach opening in uh, Taipo uh, this week. We're talking now to uh, Holok Sang, Senior Research Fellow in the Pan Sutong Economic Policy Research Institute at Lingnan University. Uh, Emily Lau, former head of the Democratic Party, uh, former legislator. And Anne-Marie Brooke, who's co-founder of the Human Rights Measurement Initiative, who are responsible for this uh, latest 
study of uh, perceptions of human rights uh, in Hong Kong. We want to hear from you. You can email backchat at rthk.hk or call us, 233-88266. We've got some callers we'll get to uh, in, in a moment. Uh, some comment from uh, emails. Vic says, Dear Backchat, human rights are deteriorating in Hong Kong. Nothing to discuss. Please move on to the next topic. Um, Pat says, referring to the survey, it must be fundamentally flawed if those respondents are human rights lawyers, journalists, etc. All people looking for bogeymen under the bed. No bogeymen, no job. That's from uh, Pat. Uh, and um, contrasting uh, emails, Andrew says, Hi, back chat. The comment that there is no arbitrary detention just now, it's related to national security law from Holok Sang, is nonsense. The hazy definitions within the new law are specifically designed to lock up those for opaque reasons. This transmits distrust to the wider public. Uh, uh, but uh, KS says there is no such thing as arbitrary arrest in Hong Kong. I am not a legal scholar, but I'm fairly certain when people are arrested, there has to be a suspicion that they have committed an offence and they must be told the reason for their arrest or the arrest becomes unlawful. And a couple more emails on a similar theme. Uh, Alan says human rights have been counselled in Hong Kong. One recent event encapsulates this. 20, I repeat, 20 police break into a flat to arrest a man for hanging a flag in his window, signalling the police are now CCP brown shirts, political enforcers, that we have no freedom of expression, that state violence is a response to anyone who fails to kowtow to she. And I like Hugh saying, what about human rights around the world? A prelude to the storm of whataboutism that the Wu Mao will flood you with while diplomatically saying they do the same thing in the United Nations, etc. What about is not an excuse. That email from Alan and a um, shorter email from Will on the same event uh, saying, what about Mr. Nothing has changed? How about the case of hanging a flag outside his flat and see if 20 police turn up to arrest him, as happened in Mongkok last week? Would that have happened pre-2019? Holok Sang, both of those emails seem to be addressed to uh, comments that you made, and there have also been some other comments from listeners in response to you. Uh, Would you like to respond? And particularly, I mean... What I'm seeing is that uh, um, uh, the SAR government and, of course, Beijing had uh, uh, tolerated uh, the the freedom, you know, the excessive freedom of speech uh, uh, till lately... And that um, during that time, um, actually, you know, there had been attempt to have a dialogue. But you know what uh, what the uh, the, uh, the protesters are saying? The, the protesters are saying is is that they have these five five demands and not one less. You see, there's no no intention of any compromise at all. You mm-hmm. see, on their part, and actually, they also um, uh, resorted to extreme. Extreme violence, you know, hurting hurting people, blocking uh, um, uh, the thoroughfares of Hong Kong and um, uh, arson on on um, pro Beijing or Beijing related com- uh, China related companies, you know, and they, it's really terrible. Something that had to be done, you know. Otherwise, you know, Hong Kong's business uh, environment has been de- deteriorating, you know, and it's on the record. Just it's on the record, and uh, and and uh, uh, part of the uh, reason, uh, according to those who 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 conducted the surveys, that that show that Hong Kong's 
business environment was deteriorating was that there was this um, um, violence, you know, these riots. Okay. You see, uh, and that is why something had to be done. Right, and and I think uh, they, they found that uh, uh, the, the former uh, uh, um, um, kind of excessive freedom is leading to all this, and so they had to limit it. And so, so I would say it's really unfortunate, you know, because I, I don't want this to happen. You see, I don't, I don't want, I, I, I want press freedom. I don't want any uh, press to close down. But you see, when, 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 when Apple Daily had, uh, had, uh, had uh, um, um, uh, these, uh, um, uh, you know, the, um, these articles, you know, written by the editors advocating for um, sanctions, you know, from foreign powers, you know, in America it would be counted as treason. You know, and it is uh, definitely um, uh, something that is chargeable, you know, according to U.S. laws. All right. Uh, another email. This is from Alan, who says, Holok Sang states we have the NSL arrest because of color revolution and sovereignty and to stop any independence or secessionist movements. So the usual BS and lies about what Hong Kong people want and have been protesting for. There are five demands, none of them for any of that. The basic demand is the right to vote for our government, as promised by the Joint Declaration on Basic Law, and the CCP has reneged on that promise. No one in Hong Kong is under the illusion that they can be an independent country. No one was protesting at the behest of black hands. That is just a distraction from the real issues. That comes uh, from Alan. OK, we've got, we got a caller on the line now, uh, 233-88266. Tony, I think. Tony, good morning. Yeah, good morning. OK, may I just ask a qu quick question? Why do we have the national sec security law now? Can anyone answer that? Uh, I think, uh, Holok Sang, you might like to respond to that one. Yeah. It is a response, you know, to the to the violence, you know, that uh, is trying to force the issue and is trying to uh, um, uh, negate the the basic law, the, the terms of the basic law. You see, you have to go okay. back to the basic law. You see, because uh, uh, under the uh, basic law, Article 68 and Article 45, you know, this uh, progression towards universal suffrage is, impro you know, is conditional okay. on the circumstances, and the yeah. progression has been, is clear. You know, you know, because we have uh, more and more seats that are uh, that, that are direct under direct election. You know, I, I have looked at the the uh, the logical composition that has been progressively uh, uh, democratized. You see, so okay. Beijing was uh, actually honouring its promise, but uh, uh, you see, the uh, the protesters are asking for a departure from from the basic law's terms. Okay, T Tony? Okay, okay. okay. With, with my opinion, the, the rioters forced the government to bring in the national, national security law for the safety of Hong Kong. Um, with the rioters, um, what they were doing, it wasn't even safe to go out. It wasn't, we couldn't even go to, we couldn't even travel our NTRs. It wasn't even safe to go to work. This is why I think we had to bring in the national, national security law. Um, the the, the, the uh, people need to, know the difference between human rights and treason, you know, um, because we, we, everyone's complaining that Hong Kong human rights has gone down and everything and with all this um, national security law, but it's, it's, like, it's like you said earlier, it is a lot safer since this national security law has come out. Yeah? Uh, okay. Tony, thanks for your question. Yes, Emily Lau, would you like to respond to that? Uh, as I said earlier, I do not support violence, not at all. 
And sorry, sorry Emily Lau, can I just pick you up on that? Because you did mention that before. The fact is the Democratic camp did not voice their opposition to violence uh, during the uh, when there was a lot of violence in 2019. We asked so many members of your party. I can't remember whether you were on the show at the time. And again and again, they refused to condemn the violence at the time. I cannot speak for them because right now I'm not in the party leadership. I don't I remember them, you. I don't. I, I'm, I, excuse me if I've forgotten it, but I don't remember you coming out and condemning the violence I while have, it was going on. No, I have always said I do not support violence. I do not agree with it, and I said I asked them to de-escalate. I said that is not helping Hong Kong. Uh, it is on the record, and you can go and look. And I cannot speak for others, but okay. So there were things that were happening that most people do not want to see. Then there was a solution. A, of course, is dialogue, but we also suggest, and many people in the pro-Beijing camp also supported, was to set up a commission of inquiry. And if you announce you will do that, I think Let Emily Lau finish, please. Now, that's the problem with some people in the pro-Beijing camp, including some of your hosts, like Nick C. Lam and others. When others speak, they would interrupt. But when Professor Ho speaks, I said, and listen, so can you please uh, let me finish? Well, you may not support it, but there are I many. I supported you. You see, I was saying, I was saying that I uh, also supported the independent inquiry. I know. That's why if yeah. the government had done that, if the members of the executive council had supported that, I think the thing would have subsided. There was no need to call on Beijing to impose the national security law on Hong Kong, which many people agree is an overkill. It's far too harsh. And also the so-called improvement of the electoral system, also an overkill, far too harsh. But they say now it's too late. The, guy, the, the die has been cast. I said nothing is ever too late. The struggle will continue. The game is not over, but it will be done in a peaceful and non-violent way. Emily, now, on the independent inquiry, there, there were reports at the time that Carrie Lam wrote to Xi Jinping asking for um, approval to set up an independent inquiry, and that was rejected by the Chinese leadership. Well, she should have done her best to persuade the central authorities to do the right thing instead of just writing and saying, oh, if you don't like it, OK, we won't do it. No, we expect the chief executive, of, of course, is accountable to Beijing but also be accountable to the people of Hong Kong. And it's not just Kerry's fault. It's many members of the Executive Council who said, go ahead, go ahead, introduce the law. You have enough votes. Forget those people, the million who marched. All these are sinners for a thousand years. You thinking of people like Ronnie Tong? Well, I think the, all the Executive Councillors, Ronnie is more outspoken. But for those who never or very seldom speak to the public, they should be held accountable too. Many of them are from the business community or know the business community. What do they think? Tell us. Okay, some some uh, more uh, emails. Uh, Alango uh, says, uh, just take the draconian measures for COVID-19. 
There is no consider of human rights, especially for children. No exemptions for children and inbound and close contact quarantine, even if one kid infected the entire class or the play group quarantined for 21 days. The government doesn't consider about the mental and physical implications towards uh, children. That's from uh, uh, Elango. Uh, an angry parent says, can you tell me in Hong Kong who has the right to look at your ID card? Is it the police and immigration? Every day myself and domestic helpers have to deal with taking the kids to school and show security guards security cards to uh, uh, security guards to get into housing estates but those who drive a car taxi or bus exempt this is discrimination uh, Hugh says excessive freedom of speech voiced by your guest shows he has no idea of what freedom is he's looking for easily digestible repression really tired of his BS that comes uh, from Hugh I'll just respond briefly <coughs> to angry parent uh, if you're unhappy about people being asked to um, being asked to show your ID card you can complain to the privacy commissioner the privacy commissioner deals with a lot of complaints like that and often they do find in favour of people who complain and force the relevant parties to stop showing ID cards. Uh, back to the, the topic of the day. And Anne-Marie Brook, um, there was a question from a listener earlier, um, and I'm sure we're going to hear something similar, presumably from the Hong Kong government when they attack your survey. The listener was questioning, saying, well, as your survey appears to be based on asking respondents who are human rights lawyers and um, people like that, it's not surprising that um, uh, you would get results suggesting human rights has declined. And certainly in Hong Kong, Human rights lawyers are often attacked by the pro-government camp as being very active, activist and suggesting that things are worse than they actually are. So I think uh, the criticism would be you're not using neutral respondents there, Anne-Marie Brooke. Well, we're, we're looking for people who are knowledgeable about human rights to answer our survey. And the average person in every country in the world is not very knowledgeable about human rights. So we're looking for people who know what they are and are able to evaluate country performance against them. And I mean, that, and that also kind of brings me to a bigger point that a key va value of our database is that it does put countries' performance in an international context. And we've been talking a lot on this show about the areas where Hong Kong has performed very poorly, um, and particularly on the empowerment rights. But I'd like to also point out there are some areas where Hong Kong performs well, and two of them are... The, uh, there is no death penalty in Hong Kong, and also Hong Kong performs very well and one of the top um, in our survey on the right to freedom from extrajudicial killing. And you can contrast that, for example, in the United States, which is near the bottom of um, our survey for right to extrajudicial killings, as you know, U.S. police are often, um, you know, killing particularly people you know, of colour. Yeah, particularly black men and so forth. And some other comparisons also are really interesting. It's really interesting to compare, you know, Taiwan was, it was the first time that we ran the survey in Taiwan this year. And Taiwan has very good scores on all of the areas where Hong Kong performs particularly poorly. So all three of the empowerment rights, um, Taiwan is in one of the top, top groups. Um, and also right to freedom from arbitrary and political arrest and right to freedom from torture and ill treat, um, right, freedom from torture and ill treatment performs, uh, better. Uh, Taiwan scores are being brought down by the death penalty, use of death penalty in Taiwan. But I just wanted to bring that back to, you know, the fact that we are measuring a whole range of rights, 
Uh, we're also measuring economic and social rights, which we haven't touched on at all. And on those rights where Hong Kong is performing well, I really hope that we will see that continue in future years. Okay. Um, as we will be continuing to produce these, these data year after okay. year this so is we can track yeah, how things evolve over time. Yeah, hold on, Sam, briefly. Yeah, Sorry. Yes, I want to say that uh, actually the man in the street, you know, is also a stakeholder in human rights. You know, if it has nothing to do with the man in the street, you know, human rights is nothing. You know, that is why violation of human rights by, by fellow citizens is also a problem. You know, it's not just a violation of human rights, you know, by the government. Okay. Uh, hang on, we got we've got another caller on the line, uh, Jim. Jim, I think. Jim, good morning. Good morning, good morning, and it's a very interesting uh, conversation this morning. I would like to qualify myself to Miss Lau and maybe Miss Brooke. I'm 80 years old. I've lived in many countries, Israel. I lived in pre Ding, uh, China. I lived in post Ding, China. Uh, I've lived in Hong Kong for 45 years. Uh, I was a life member of the Hong Kong FCC. I was a member of the Hong Kong Press Club. I understand uh, uh, freedom of speech. Uh, I lived in uh, a country that uh, proclaimed it, yet for 238 years, my rights as a black American, uh, Emily, I'm not an African, I'm an American uh, PR minority in Hong Kong. Uh, Black Americans' rights have been violated just recently, the Voting Rights Act was rejected by the U.S. Congress. This Voting Rights Act was, in, in 86, uh, excuse me, 63, voted in but never passed. And it's still 2021, not passed. We cannot vote Georgia, uh, referenced in one of your, uh, in one, by one of your speakers, is the worst state in the union for violating voters' rights. Um, I was born in Texas. I lived under a system of apartheid, Jim Crowism, segregation, murder by cops. I know what it's like to have my human rights violated. Okay. Nobody in Hong Kong has experienced human rights violation in the terms of human rights violation. All right. Everybody wants to politicize this subject. Yeah, sorry, em- Emily wanted to respond. Yeah. Emily Lam? Yeah. Sorry, Anne Marie Brooke. Yeah, go on. Sorry, sorry, Jim. Can you wait, Jim? Can you wait a second, Anne Marie Brooke? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just uh, wanting to highlight that human rights is not unidimensional. It's very multidimensional, and the United States is one of the worst performers in the world in terms of extrajudicial killings, and it's very clear that there's very systemic discrimination against black people in the United States, and you can see this very clearly in our in our data, including in the right to political participation. So the United States should not ever be used as an example of a good, well-functioning democracy. There are plenty of other countries in our survey that you could look to instead for a much better demonstration of what healthy democracy looks like. All right. Well, we are comp- we are really out of time now. Uh, many thanks for your call, Jim, and thanks for your, for your comment. Uh, just a few more emails to uh, wrap up. Uh, uh, Tony says, uh, 20 police arrested a man? Yes, because how do the police know how many people are in the flat? Maybe it could have been a trap. 
for the police. Uh, Emery says, Emily, please, you've never overtly advocated violence. However, you often qualified your opinions with but the favoured Democrat cop-out at that time. The Of course, our freedoms are diminishing and the pace is worrying. That's from uh, Emery's. Uh, uh, Will says there are laws concerning extreme violence already. That's not a reason to arrest people for a slogan, which is as non-violent a way to express yourself that I can think of. At the same time, it's infuriating to me to hear Emily continue even now to use the careful legalise the pandems came up with at the time. I, I quote, I do support violence, uh, uh, unquote. Uh, did they say that? Anyway, uh, me maybe if just one prominent pandem had had the courage at the time to do what none did and actually condemn the violence, we wouldn't be in the situation we are in now. This isn't a minor semantic difference. Saying you don't support something which is completely passive is not the same thing at all as Emily well knows as a lawyer as actively condemning something. Uh, I lost count of the number of times Backchat used the I do not support Dodge when asked to condemn the violence. To the people doing the violence, the message was crystal clear. That's uh, from I think uh, he Will. means guests on Backchat rather than Backchat itself. Uh... Yes, yes, uh, yeah. And I think when he says, uh, the pandemic said, I do support I mean, violence. I mean, I don't support violence as opposed to saying you con- actually saying you condemn it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, many thanks to, to our guests this morning. Uh, just squeeze in a couple more before we get to the beach. Uh, Andrew says, please ask Holok San his opinion on excessive police violence that was captured on numerous video clips, all swept under the carpet in the name of an internal inquiry by the IPCC. And Pat says, when challenged on methodology, your guest started to waffle. Without any knowledge, I could have had a very good guess at who responded to your survey and what they said. The average Joe and Jill in the street has a stake in this and deserves a say. Um, thanks very much indeed for uh, all your comments uh, and thoughts uh, to our guests. Uh, Amory Brook, co-founder of the Human Rights uh, Measurement uh, Initiative. As I say, all the information is available uh, online if you want to check it out. Uh, Emily Lau, former Dem- Democratic Party lawmaker and head of the Democratic Party more, uh, Democratic Party. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. And Holok San from Lingnan University as well. Finally, to the beach this uh, wet Friday. Uh, Fiona says, thank you, Hong Kong government, for creating a new beach, which will no doubt be taken over by Hong Kong's new swarm of unregulated and uh, illegal kayak businesses, which set up on government coastal protected and greenbelt land without a worry. This beach will soon be covered in rubbish and littered with broken kayaks like so many areas around our coast. That's from uh, Name Withheld. <laughs> um, thanks very much indeed for that comment. The reference is to a new beach which has just opened uh, in uh, Taipo on uh, Tolo Harbour, the Lung Mei Beach, the first uh, man-made beach apparently to be to be built by the uh, government. Uh, we're joined now by uh, Sotat Lung, uh, Taipo District Councillor. Good morning to you. Uh, good morning. Thank you very much indeed for for joining us. Tell, tell us about this new beach, and 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 uh, I guess the weather hasn't been very good. But what's the response been so far to the beach? Uh, it's, uh, it's quite welcomed by the local people, but um, the most worry is about traffic induced by the visitors. Okay, there were there were there was. In fact, I think there was even a court case about this beach, wasn't there? Because there were a lot of concerns that um, it, it it might actually um, have problems for the ecology and for different um, marine life that lives there. You're not worried about that. Um. It seems that they have uh, solved the problem. Um, they promised to bring those uh, those organisms to the other parts of the beach, and they do it. Okay, so that that shouldn't be a problem. And then this will presumably this expands the just opportunities for people in the area, right? It's, you you have a beach much closer to go to. Yes, yes, yes. 
Okay, but you're concerned so far. You haven't had people coming in in large numbers from other parts of Hong Kong, but you're concerned that um, will start to happen. Concern ecology so far there's not so complaint or concern about ecologies at the moment. But uh, for the local residents, uh, the more concern is about the traffic induced and also maybe the disturbance by the visitors. So, do the local residents actually want this beach, or would they rather not have this beach? Uh, it's hard to say. Some of them are welcome about the beach because um, they be into some business that you know that uh, around the Taichung area, there is a lot, a lot of the restaurant or the uh, bicycle renting activity. Uh, so that may induce more uh, more business for them. This is uh, explain. This is on the road to to Taimei Tuk, isn't it? From the centre of Taipo, you drive out to or you go out to to Taimei Tuk. It's sort of halfway up there. Well, we've got a local resident uh, on the line now, as, as it happens. Uh, Dan, I think he lives lives nearby. Dan, good morning to you. Yes, good morning, Hugh and Danny. Yes, a live report on RTHK <laughs> put me on the payroll. <laughs> What's standing the, on the beach. Yeah, okay. What, on the beach. You're on the beach right now, or you're, you're, you're just. Yes, I'm standing on the beach, Long Bay Beach. Okay. Many, many other people there, or are you by yourself? Uh, Danny, there there aren't many. Uh, there's probably about fifteen in the water, and maybe another fifteen out of the water. The lifeguards almost outnumber everybody at the moment. Um, it, it's a nice beach. I have no doubt about that. I don't think there should be any concerns about the ecology because um, it's occupying a fairly small area where the swimming area is. However, I did, being a good back chat listener and occasional contributor, find a, a, a controversial issue here. Something is missing, uh, like a like a a, a, a a party, like a political party. You need to have a platform. Well, this bitch needs a platform, too. There's nothing to swim out to. And uh, one of the things I like about Hong Kong beaches is most of them have some kind of platform, yeah. some kind of goal to get out and swim to. So that's something missing. There's no shade. If people come out here, uh, you better bring your own shade because there just isn't any. I happen to be standing in one of the, under one of the lifeguard uh, stands, uh, lifeguard towers, where it's a little shade. Um, and uh, so, yeah, just be aware of those things. What about the traffic? Well, problems? we'll see how when we get to the weekends and public holidays, there's no, I mean, there's very few people out here today on a weekday. Obviously, that's the best time to come out. Um, I would suggest I have a little local tip for back chat listeners. Take, if you can, either the 20C or the um, 275R buses from Taipo Market Station because they bypass downtown. The 75K bus, which also comes out to time I took, goes through downtown and it adds another 20 minutes or more to your route, to your uh, trip out here. That's a that's a bus bus, not a minibus. Yeah, the 20 no, the 20C is a green minibus, but they just keep running them and running them and running them, and they bypass downtown Taipo. Okay. Uh, also, there's there's not there's really no places to seat to sit out anywhere near the beach. There is a viewing area. Uh, it's not open yet, but it would be nice if they put some type of benches. Uh, the trees are, are going to be 10 years before they provide any shade, so there's still some development yet to do to improve it. Okay, so Mr. So, uh, a fairly happy resident there who seems to be uh, welcoming the, uh, uh, the beach. Uh, what, about the, what about the public transport? Is that adequate, do you think? Because that should uh, solve the um, traffic problem, I guess. So it, it, it's, uh, it's a concern and really about uh, by the local residents because... Uh, uh, for the for the past uh, long occasion or the weekend, the traffic, I mean, the public is already overloaded and makes most of the local people uh, just keeping at home and not going out during the weekend. So uh, we will see the, um, maybe uh, for this weekend, the weather is not so good that uh, may not be so many visitors, but I think for the next, for the coming weekend in the summer vacation, um, the traffic will be getting more. 
but since the public uh, transport station survey is not uh, is not I mean increasing in order to uh, to cover this increasing demand. Okay, well, thank you very much indeed for joining us. So Tat Lung there, Taipo District Councillor Dan, local resident. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Bowen says, in response, this is an email, in response to Mr Ho, that's Holok saying, may I suggest that Beijing has been departing from the basic law again and again. Obvious examples are co-location in West Kowloon, the exemption of the liaison office from Article 22 of the basic law, and the imposition of the new national security law in Hong Kong without going through LegCo. If the extradition bill had been passed, it would also result in breaching the basic law on many counts. Those breaches and attempted breaches left people with no choice but to become more and more strident. In this context, the freedoms exercised by the pandems are not really excessive, as alleged by Mr Ho, but totally proportionate to the actions taken by the authorities. Uh, and uh, Tony says Emily Lau wanted an inquiry against the police, uh, not the riots. Uh, and um, uh, this is from... Um, uh, Gordon, who says, uh, please note the attachments, which show an important story not mentioned in the English press. This is concerning uh, Apple Daily. Uh, even more important now is the virus is rampant in the typo sewerage drain system. Uh, uh, Apple Daily, we will miss you. Some stories about uh, untreated sewage. Uh, and on, on Facebook, um, uh, TC uh, responds to uh, some comments uh, earlier, uh, recaller Jim TC says the fact that you can go on a Hong Kong radio and talk about how the US is curtailing your rights is already a human right. If a Hong Konger bagmouths the Hong Kong or Chinese government in an American radio show, they'd be breaking the NSL. Uh, and uh, TC says Ri Holok Sang. Uh, in 2019, a VP from the University of British Columbia Student Union wrote a letter to the United Nations accusing Canada of breaking its international commitment on education rights. I don't recall this individual getting charged for treason. And uh, one more, which I shall have to uh, edit a lot. This is from Mark, back on the subject of the abandoned cars. He says, shame, more time couldn't have been spent on this topic. Uh, my experiences with the ombudsman in respect to this problem have not been great. A few years ago, indigenous villagers dumped three cars on the government land where residents parked their cars. Complaints to the lands department and police went unanswered. Eventually, after almost two years, the vehicles were removed. A complaint to the ombudsman resulted in a reply some eight months later saying it was acceptable for the authorities to take over 18 months to remove an abandoned vehicle. He gives some more examples of uh, 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 similar ex uh, experiences uh, and uh, says, may I just add that I think the suggestion from one of your listeners that a $10,000 deposit be added to the vehicle on registration is excellent. At least then the government could not complain of lack of finances to remove abandoned vehicles and it supports the ethos of polluter pays. That's from uh, M. Thank you very much indeed for that. Thank you very much indeed to uh, everyone who joined in this morning. Danny, thank you very much indeed. The weather, many Cloudy with a few showers, isolated thunderstorms at first, temperatures up to about 30 degrees, uh, 27 degrees, the latest readings, and the relative humidity is now at 91%. Every woman should be familiar with the normal look and feel of her breasts and be breast aware at all times. Stay alert to any unusual breast changes, such as breast lumps, change in size or shape, retraction of a nipple, or change in skin texture. Don't try your luck by doing nothing. Consult a doctor promptly if you find any unusual changes. Early detection of breast cancer can save your life. Care for your breasts. Care for your health. To know more, visit cancer.gov.hk. 9.35, the news now with Samantha Butler. An infectious disease expert says a high viral load of the Delta COVID variant in sewage in Taipo means there